This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to the Kinda Funny Games cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. Good afternoon, Tim. We have the big daddy himself in a bomber jacket. Love this look on you, Greg. Greg Miller. The photos I take are perfect. Thank you for complimenting the jacket, even though Mike insulted it before we went live. And of course, I am just doing it because I've been running on 90 fucking degrees all day. And I'll tell you right now, I'm sweating through the armpits, so I'm wearing a jacket. Everybody take a photo, a screenshot, because it won't be this way forever. He takes great photos. That's what he said. He takes great photos. He does. I'm in as a photographer. Oh, yeah. Now, you mean as a subject? Come on, Screenshot anything you want from this show. Tweeted me at Game Over Greg. You also <laughs> include Nick for it. Here's the deal. Let's go off the rails for a second, Tim. Sorry. <sighs> you can do that. Let's go off the rails. I am a photographer, Greg. Yeah. Okay. They call I you like Peter to- Parker in the streets. <laughs> uh, I'm snapping. Yeah. I'm candid, Mike. I like to take photos of my friends while they're living their life. I always find the best photos aren't the staged photos. They're the real life. Greg is doing stuff kind of photos. I'll tell you what. I snap a great candid of my friends all the time. Turns out they don't like it. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's great. This is the problem with some people, all right? <laughs> I mean, you got people like me. Yeah. Born, Tim. Yeah. For the camera, of course. Ooh. You want me to podcast talking mm-hmm. to it? You want to take a random photo of me? It's going to be good. Yep. Then you got other people, trolls. These people can't be trusted. They don't like any of the photos they take. Maybe they're hunched over. Maybe they're not smiling. Even when I'm not smiling at a photo, even when I'm like this. I can find beauty in that, ladies and gentlemen, and you should find beauty in yourself and your friends. And if your friends are like Mike friends Uh and they can't see the beauty in themselves, you hold that photo up to their face and you go, you like it. You're beautiful and I love you. And if they still say no, put them in Lake Tahoe, drive the boat away. Mike, I love that you say um, that you like taking candid photos and that you're Uh a fan of the candid photo. You're also the same person that you're going to have to help me out here with some names. But uh, yeah. one, one of your, was it Washi? Washi and JD, yeah, yeah. Posting I know pictures um, on, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's very It Takes a Village because um, <laughs> the opposite of what Mike's saying here, uh-huh. it seems like you, you forced your friends Pictures, to do a yeah. photo shoot that seemed very elaborate. To get some <laughs> pictures of Mike, it literally looked like seven people had to yeah. be involved in the staging of this photo. And we get some behind the scenes of Mike Posing harder than I've seen any man pose for a photo yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. So how are you going to sit at this desk and be like, I like candids, man? Can I, can Let I be real? Let me stop you right Can I be here? real? Yeah, you yeah. can, but can I defend you before it even starts? Yeah, yeah. Defend, this is a man real. who's like Tim Geddes, mm-hmm. yeah. who always says, oh, I like Taco Ooh. Bell, but I'm not going to say it's the best Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Those are different. Let the man enjoy a cheeseburger mm. and enjoy a house of prime rib, mm. prime cut of meat. I love that. I'll let you do that. I'm just yeah, yeah. bringing to attention the fact that I'm hearing beautiful beautiful photo. conflicting. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful Thank photo. Was this even the Completely photo? candid. Completely <laughs> candid, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> photo. Here's the issue, Tim. I'm the That's ca- a candid photo. Now, that's fair. That's, that's fair right there. I'm the king of the candids. Mm-hmm. Where I take candids. <laughs> yes. My they best call friends. They candid camera. <laughs> <laughs> You've been caught on candid camera. My best friends don't take candid photos of me. And that hurts. I think it's all the time. We're saving, we're making memories together. If they would just open up their phones, snap a couple of photos of me having fun driving the boat, I wouldn't ask them oh, to line what's the up Twitter? and take Mike, photos of me. Uh, Jay, uh, Washburn? Wa- it was, was probably Washy. Washy135 probably did that. The problem with this whole thing. Might be, I'm my You'll hear this a lot. Yeah. Oh, I want to live in the moment. Yeah. I'm never going to go back and look at this. Guess what happens? 80 years old, you get Alzheimer's. You don't know what the moment was. I go back. You have the photo. You see a candid of Mike, yep. and you go, that was a man who looked good in photos, mm. and he always mm-hmm. had fun, and he brought the video game opinions like Pikmin 4. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Barrett. <laughs> it's this. Look at this. Look at this. There's someone Washi's, taking a picture of someone taking a Washi's picture. Washi's tweet to accompany this is, making friends take pictures of you so that you can mess with your other friends is psychotic behavior, <laughs> and I don't know anyone who would go to such lengths for something so stupid. Who would waste not one, not two, but three people's time on such a dumb endeavor? 
That's a great photo, and it's I mean all around. And again, you're making memories uh-huh, here. Uh huh. I mean, I think you know what you tell that Washburn next time. Tell if I didn't invite you on this, and if I wasn't your friend, uh-huh. you'd have no friends. No so your your memories would be sitting there watching <laughs> the fucking cigarette burn down to your fingers in your one bedroom apartment. Your cat over there, three legs, no fucking idea what year it is. Fucking up fur balls. <laughs> I mean, Washburn, you suck. All right, change the headline. It's Washburn review. I think one the out best of five. To see. <laughs> I've learned from the best. Oh, you know you what I mean? I learned have. from the best. And, you know, we're just going to have fun with it, Tim. Plus, that's what today's episode is. How do, you, how do you feel about this fun? <laughs> you just had a long weekend having a lot of fun in Disneyland. Now you're here. You have to deal with this. How does that make you feel? Blessing looks like he just ended a 28-hour kind of funny live stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so <hurt> right now. <laughs> it's hard to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give you a little bit of a rest for a Thank while you. because we're going to start the episode off with a Pikmin 4 review that Snowbike Mike will be bringing to us. Yes. Of course, that's because this is the kind of funny games cast it's where we try to review all of the major games and try to shine some lights on some smaller titles that we think you guys should check out like viewfinder that we'll be talking about later today in this episode so bless prepare yourself for that one I, yeah i feel like you're gonna be talking about that quite a bit um of course you can get the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com as a video if you want to get it as a podcast search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we'll be right there for you if you want to go above and beyond you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny uh you can get the show ad free you can watch live as it's recorded unless it's an embargoed episode for a review of a game like this, like one, this right one right here. here. Um, and uh, you can use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, on all Epic Store purchases and at no extra cost to you. We get some of that money. It helps us a lot. So thank you for all your support over there. Today we're brought to you by Liquid IV, but I'll tell you about that later. little housekeeping for you. Today we're talking about Pikmin 4, but Greg wanted to take everyone on a little journey back to Pikmin 3 and Pikmin 2, and Pikmin 1. We have the show called Remember Blank that we do over on Patreon where we get to reminisce about our memories about uh, a different game franchise or different gaming moments, summer video games, different themes, right, Greg? Yeah. And then uh, Greg will go on Patreon and ask y'all to write in your responses so we can read your memories. This is the first time ever that we did a topic where y'all had no memories. <laughs> y'all yes. have no memories of Pikmin. So and it, they're it, all yours. <laughs> and it plays into, we have a great conversation about Pikmin and why we hadn't paid attention, what Mike, you know, thought about this game and why it may or may not have worked for him. And then, yeah, everybody's response is there. And there's some really, there's some really poignant stuff written in there from a whole bunch of different people. Yeah. So you can check all that out over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. But enough about all of that. I want to get into our review of Pikmin for one of the big Nintendo games this year, hot off the heels of Tears of the Kingdom. Mike, you showed some interest in this. We when uh, the I, I got I got hit up uh, from Nintendo and we're like, hey, who wants to play this game? Like who has time? What's going on? You were like, you know what? I want to give it a shot. I don't know anything about this. I'm like, you know what? That's perfect. I kind of want to get some raw opinions about this franchise from raw. somebody that that has not only never played. This game, I don't think it's ever played a game like this before. Mm. I know you've, you've dabbled with Halo yeah, yeah. Wars and things yeah. like that, but that's quite different. What did you think of Pikmin 4? Uh, I really, really liked this experience, Tim. And as you said, right, I did raise my hand and I was willing to go outside of my box and try something new. And I found something new that I really, really enjoyed. And I'm excited to share the fun that I had with Pikmin thus far of course this will be my review in progress i'm 15 hours in i have not beat the game but i am excited to share the things that i like and i don't like about the pikmin franchise and what's exciting is of course we have a cool review scale greg hit me with the review scale because i love when people know it ladies and gentlemen it's five points all right five amazing four great three okay and it can be a it's okay it's okay you know what i mean two Bad. One, terrible. See what he did there. Mm-hmm. For all you viewers out there watching on video. That's what I call an Easter egg <laughs> in the business. <laughs> Let's get back to the review. Of course, my review thus far as a Pikmin first timer. Uh, again, I have not beaten the game, but I'm 15 hours in. And I would look at Pikmin 4 and tell you that this is a great game. This is a 4 out of 5 on the kind of funny oh, scale. This Pikmin is a four out of five. fun time to jump into no matter what your Pikmin experience is because what I think a lot of people will find and of course the Pikmin old heads that have played this before probably are tied to Captain O is what I like to call him mm. Captain Olimar well guess what 
He's lost on an adventure, and now what? it's all about you, a rookie. And I think that's really cool is now you're setting the stage for new players to be able to come in, make their own story in Pikmin, and get to experience this really fun game that awoken something in me. I am a guy that loves completing tasks. I like getting told what to do. I like having a large task list in front of me, and I like being able to organize them and complete them in a timely and efficient manner. And somehow... That's what Pikmin is to a T. That is what Pikmin the video game is, is you are allotted X amount of time, and your goal is to explore these awesome, fun, kind of really nice callbacky nature uh, areas, and then, of course, create and complete these tasks in a timely manner. And that's what I really found that I really enjoyed, was every single time I jumped in, I would game plan, I would strategize. What Pikmin am I bringing? What will be the best for this situation, setting, whatever it may be? And, of course, where did I leave off from the day before? What tasks are still left at hand? And that's what I fell in love with. Things that I didn't like about this is the load times. There is a lot of loading in between coming back to home base, going out into the world, loading up, skipping this, skipping that. It is just a lot of, like, Cutscenes that don't matter, that then turn into load screens, that just kind of slow down the gameplay, unfortunately. Sure. And there are some really awesome creatures in this game. And I thought, you know, with my minimal knowledge of Pikmin, that there would be some, like, larger-than-life kind of almost boss fight creatures. And I really didn't see a large variety in that element. There's a lot of creatures, and there are a lot of fun ones that do different and unique things. But when it comes to, like, big, oh-wow moments, this is a crazy boss fight— not as many as I was anticipating. I thought there should be more, and that one was kind of a down for me on that one. So those are my two little critiques I, of the game this fall. I have so much, so many questions. So we're watching footage right now, and obviously mm -hmm. I've seen footage of Pikmin before, but I've never looked at it and gone, oh, that's something I want to play. That seems like whatever. And that has led to not fully grasping, I think, what Pikmin is. And audio listeners who can't see it might be doing the same thing, right? You, Halo Wars got brought up or whatever. Yeah. So is this, this isn't, Turn-based strategy, right? This is strategy. I would call it more real-time strategy, right? I okay. think that's why Halo Wars was brought up. And for me, Age of Empires, Halo Wars, Warcraft 3 really resonates with me. And that is real-time strategy. What do you do with unit management? What are you doing with the tasks at hand? And that does play into Pikmin. That is what Pikmin is. Sure, I'm not fighting for other people and bringing on their units and having to adjust on the fly. It is very much... Hey, here are my tasks. I understand them and know them, but what am I doing moment to moment? And I think that's the big push here on Pikmin. The word that they always bring up is Dandori, which is completing tasks in a timely and efficient manner. Which okay. I'm really excited about. Wait, where did that word come from? That's what it says. I think it's a real word, but that's like the big word okay. that they use in the game. Dandori. So then that. talk to me about now fail states, because mm -hmm. one of the things we talked about in Remember Blank was we didn't really talk about this game. We talked yeah. about what it was and what people had found and yada, yada, yada. And one of the great write-ins, I think it was from Brandon, that was like, you know, it's uh, stressful but relaxing. This but that. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about in terms of fail states and is it game overs? And like, you know, you said starting the next day and seeing what I didn't accomplish from the day yeah. before. Like, so... Days are happening no matter what, and your your goal in the game is to get all the tasks done by the time what happens. So it was interesting. When we did the Remember Blank, people that had previously played the game talked about, hey, after 30 days, it was over, right? And okay. I have not hit that point. I'm on day 28 right now, and I have not seen a end. Oh, you didn't complete all this in a timely manner, He's right? He's dead. So I'm currently going through, and I am not feeling any sort of pressure or, oh, man, I failed this task whatsoever. For me, it is very lax. It is very much come at it how you want to, understand what's in front of you, and if you didn't bring the right tools for the job, come back the next day and do it again, right? Okay. And I think that's encouraging for me that I talked about on Remember Blank of, like, this is a game that I would be really excited to put in front of kids, gamers that don't game all the time, people that are veteran gamers. I think it hits a wide range of people, but it really comes down to, are you interested in like a real-time strategy game that has to do with collecting just small inanimate objects that will make you smile, right? There's an ocarina. There's a Game Boy Advance ooh. cartridge that will make ooh. you go, ooh. But then the other 90% of things are large pieces of fruits, a shovel, things like that. Hey, so fruit. it is a very interesting balance. Uh, real quick, Mike, I want to let you know, dandori is a Japanese word uh, that means progression of a story or procedure. So it's the art of organizing your tasks strategically and working with maximum efficiency to execute your plans mm. quickly. And that is exactly what Pikmin is all about. And I, I really enjoyed that. And that's what I found the passion was, right? I think there will be people say, oh, that's boring, right? Like coming at it, there are zones, four zones that I played through that are 
large but not massive, right? We brought up Tinykin as an example, me and Blessing, during that remember blank of like the traversal and how you're getting through it. This is very boots on the ground. They do introduce a cute puppy that you're going to ride on. And yes, it is faster. It can swim. But this isn't, oh, now all of a sudden I'm grinding on a rail across the map. This isn't, oh, all of a sudden I'm levitating over a small hill. It is very boots on the ground. So you will find joy in just slowly walking around the map and figuring out what's going on in front of you. But yeah, it is about here's the task. And each level has different things about them. What I really found that I liked was one of the levels had a high tide and low tide, right? So now I'm dealing with water in front of me. And how do you deal with water? You find the Pikmin that can swim. You find the Pikmin that can freeze the water so you can walk across it. Or you wait till low tide, and then you go get your task done at that. But there's so much more to this as well. Like, I really was fascinated by what is the gameplay. And a lot of it will be during the day cycle, you are out collecting collectibles that will help fuel the ship. You're going to find lost crew members because... Bringing it back to the story, Captain O is lost. A lot of people have come to this planet looking for Captain O or possibly just looking at this planet. And now is your, is your job as the rookie of the rescue mission crew to go and save these people. So you will also find other jabronis out there that you will bring back to the spaceship and they'll kind of colonize and hang out while they await for you to take off back home. Did you feel like. invested in that in that oh, aspect yeah. at all? Or did yeah. it kind of just feel like the people are even just other things you're collecting? No, I thought they did a really good job. It actually felt really rewarding to find new people, right? So on the other side, you rescue the rescue crew, which each person does something different, right? Sure. One guy is the captain of the ship, so I need him to take off. The other guy is the recon guy. So you find him early so he can then plot out different parts of the map that you can go to and land on. One guy is the lab technician that will then be able to Upgrade the pup's suit, upgrade your suit, sell you different items. The one gal you rescue early on is the pup trainer who will be able to rescue that. Then past the rescue crew, there's different pieces of this, right? There's a guy who's interested in collecting different items from around the world and planets, right? So for him, he catalogs all your items that you get. I thought they did a great job with all these different people that have fun backstories that you go talk to that have different parts of the world. They snap quick, right? Mm. So... The guy who's all about your collections, you find him halfway through the game, let's say, or whatever. He snaps into it and goes, hey, if you go find these as a side objective, I'll give you reward points, right? What I love about this game is you immediately talk to him right afterwards. He snaps. Oh, you've already found 30. Awesome. Nice. Love You're good that. to go. I don't have to go for a nice. day, find one, and then he snaps into it. They snap immediately, which I thought was really cool. And there's multiple of these people, right? There's a school trip that got lost. There's a television station that got lost with their people. <laughs> and every single one of them have a small story. A number of them have small side objectives that want you to complete, that want you to do, fight off different animals, come back, report them to me. I'll give you reward points. So I, I like that I'm finding people. And especially when you come home to base, you can see them spread across the area and you start to make a larger and larger little home base. And each one is there and each one is doing something cool, which I like a lot. How do you feel about the depth of the gameplay? Like it being a strategy game, yes. do you feel like you're using your noggin to solve problems and you're actually getting better at this? Or does it kind of feel like, oh, this is a, a introduction to this type of game? 50-50 uh, blend here. I think I am using my noggin and I am thinking about what I need to bring in to each day to complete each task. But at the same time, I can see the criticism of, oh, I'm bored. This is the same thing over and over again. And it is very much like that, right? Like, you do not have to think outside the box. You can bring a lot of your favorite Pikmin into each day and still complete the task that you need, right? So there is this weird blend of, I didn't get stumped a lot. I didn't have these mind-scratching puzzles where I couldn't figure it out. It was very much, hey, walk around, go to X, Y, and Z and collect these collectibles, bring them back in a timely manner. That was it, right? And I think there's something to be said on, you could push a little bit harder to make them more head-scratching puzzles, but at the same time, like I said, I think this is so approachable and welcoming to anyone that I think they've found the right mix of it's just a good time. So I was going to say, this. rather than be pushing you and you know really challenging you with puzzles, is it just satisfying? Yeah. Or was that okay? Yeah, it's just satisfying to find that, and they do another good job. Like I talk about the snappiness. Every single time you find a new little dungeon or a little tunnel to go through, if you complete it fully, they put a flag up next to it to say, hey, you've done that 100% in it, right? If you don't, you know you can come back and do it again. And I love that. I'm a big stickler of, I need to know if I completed this. Yeah. Gray out the icon on the map. Put a flag up next to this little area so I know I'm done, right? 
awesome job at that. And of course, that's what the game is all about, is it's a collect-a-thon. It is completing these tasks. So it is their job to say, hey, like I said, I have four areas. Every single one, I know what percentage I'm at. The first one, 99%. The second one, 94 The third one, 57 Like They're tracking my progression every single time. And I like that. So are you excited to beat this game? And yeah. if so, yes. Are you excited to go back 100% everything? Or do you think that it's going to hit a point you're like, I did what I got to do? No, I will 100% everything. As you can wow. see, I, I've already done the first two. I've gotten lost in the sauce of this game where all I want to do is collect everything and say that I did 100%. Because I think that is really what this game is all about, is doing it all, right? And I am excited to see where's Captain O, what happened to Captain O, because there's these really cool little treats and little teases throughout the game that you'll see of, like, what is he up to? Where did he go, right? You'll get captain's logs and the crew will talk about like oh he was doing this or oh hey what has he been up to right i don't want to spoil anything but like i like that they give you little breadcrumbs and then on top of that there is some really cool gameplay involved as well right not only just the collectathon but they do a couple of different things that i thought was cool you can go out at night and so there is a night mission game mode about this which is very much tower defense it is not go and collect it is you have two areas that is you are protecting optional? um no. This is the first thing you said is turn me off. I don't know. Yes. Power defense. You will have to do this because you are going to collect uh, different space humans that are now infected by some sort of weird space disease. And the only way to get the antidote is to go out on night missions, complete these tower defense missions, and then you'll get an ingredient for the antidote. But I really like the tower defense okay. because I like tower defense in general. Because is, it con- is, it like, is it another one that's just – it's not – Punishing, it's just easy satisfying. as can be. Yeah, satisfying and easy. I don't think it's overwhelming at all. So you'll start Is it off brain with dead? what? Yeah. Ah, brain dead. Yeah, brain dead. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah, brain dead is easy. You'll start off with one little base, and your goal is to, with your little glowing Pikmin, run off, go collect more glowing Pikmin, come back to base, defeat the animals that are coming at it. It's very easy waves. It's only about three minutes, so you're never there for a long time, right? But it progressively gets a little bit different, right? Now you have two bases. Oh, did we tell you? You can expand your base so now the animals affect the first tower instead of your main base, right? So if you're really quick on the draw, you can start pushing them back and then fight them at your will or let them come closer to you and really extend out the time. Thought that was a fun way to switch up the gameplay, right? Then there's two more cool ones. On top of that, there is some arena-based gameplay that I thought was cool. They have the Dandori battles, which is 1v1, right? So you can play 1v1 against the computer, 1v1 local co-op, or if you'd like a teammate, you can go 2v1 against the computer. But these Dandori battles will happen throughout the story, and essentially what it is is you're put into a small arena, and it is your job to get as many collectibles faster than the other guys getting collectibles. So you have your tasks, which I really love. You get to prioritize. Is it, hey, I'm going to quickly go over and grab the biggest, baddest item for the most points? Am I going to start grabbing small items? Am I going to kill animals around my base? Or am I going to go collect even more uh, Pikmin to now have a larger army to go really fast on the end time? And I love this battle of being able to choose what I wanted to do, change it up every single time with my strategy. And also, you can go beat up on the other guy. You can go bang into their dog and make them distracted. You can steal from them. So if they're... Pikmin are running away with it. If I have more Pikmin on that item, it'll come back to my base. I loved every single time I got in a Dandori battle. I thought that was a really, really good time. And then also there's the Dandori challenges, which is just simply a time trial. Hey, here's a small arena. There is X amount of collectibles. How fast can you do it to get a better medal every single time you play? And I always love that, right? Because you're pushing me to get better, to re-strategize and think. And we all circle back, right? It's about task management. It's about what you can do in an efficient amount of time with the tools that you've been given. And they do a really good job at making the gameplay sing, not only from the normal day-to-day and the night cycle, but also, hey, here's some fun options that you can play and uh, really enjoy. So you're not fully done with it, but you're saying so far you give it a four out of five, saying it's great. Uh, Some of your criticisms seem to be uh, wanting a little bit more set pieces or something like that, boss fights and loading screens, things like that. Do you think that more set piece stuff would have taken this to a five? Or do you think that for what this game is offering, a four kind of seems like a ceiling for you? No, I don't think. I think if you had a little bit more, I would call it a five because the gameplay really sings. I think where I'm really stuck is the load screens. It is a lot. And it slows down my momentum of fun. And I think that's the downfall of this. Even if you're skipping through the cutscenes because it's like 
It's the same cutscene every time. The day ends, we go back to home base, it shoots us up in a rocket, we go back to our home HQ, recycle, go back, do the same thing. It just slows it down so much. Sure. I think that speaks, of course, to the Switch hardware, but also the game design of like, that's what this is. Every single time we have to reload into this and just slows down my fun that I was having where I finished the day, I'm like, oh man, I got seven tasks to do. I can't wait to get back to it. Load screen. Okay, I get home. I got to reload. Okay, I got to talk to these people. Now I got to talk to him to send off my ship. Reload. And then I get back into it. And it's just like, it slowed me down so much that I would lose that momentum, the fun that I was having. I do say, I think there would be a benefit of having more set pieces, but more bosses, right? Like, there's like some really cool big animals that you will see and be wowed by, but there's not enough of them. There's not moments where I go, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do here? And you don't have that panic like you talked about sure. of like, oh no. But I think that also speaks to the game of like, it is more of a chill experience. And maybe they don't want you to just be like on panic's edge all the time because this guy showed up out of nowhere on you. So something that I'm, I'm very impressed with is like, you are excited to go back 100% this. Yeah. Are you then going to be fulfilled with that? Or you got three other Pikmin that are all on the Switch for you, bro. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to need the community and people that are into Pikmin to really guide me of like, are the old Pikmins as fun as this, right? Is the quality of life there? Is it maybe slower? It doesn't have the same controls as what I'm feeling right now on the Switch. Because I really fell in love with what I experienced here. And I would be interested in trying some more Pikmin of like, hey, what are, do they have big set battles that like, are a cool boss, right? Like we saw footage from Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 of like, there was a giant seagull there all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. That would be a cool, fun moment, right? But is the quality of life lacking on these older games that maybe it's like, hey, you played the best. Don't worry about that. Sure, but I, sure. I'm interested. This is the pinnacle. So if yeah, you like exactly. it, they've added X, Y, and Z. Yeah, let us know in the comments below. I'm really interested yeah, guide to see. Me. I'd love that. Yeah, because all of them are on Switch now. So I, I look back on it and I go, man, this was a really fun experience. I'm glad that I raised my hand and took it on as a first-timer. Uh, I think it's a great game. This is something I would recommend to my friends. This is something that if friends and family members had a Switch and their kids were looking for something to play, I think this is something cool. It would be the caveat of, like, understand what you're getting into, right? This isn't Zelda. This isn't Mario. This is more of a chill Figure out your tasks and complete your tasks, which I think is something to be said for children on oh, an educational sure. level, right? Like, if your kid's into that, maybe they got the mind like me where I'm into that kind of stuff where I have tasks and I like completing them in a timely manner. Maybe it, uh, it's something that's beneficial for kids. Like, on, on that similar note, right, as you've been talking about it, I find myself wavering back and forth because you mentioning that it's approachable, right, does a lot for me because I'm somebody who's not very into Pikmin. I'm, not, I'm somebody who's not super into strategy games either right but then you talk about it, i'm like okay this sounds fun but then you talk about other things where i'm like oh but this still sounds like a strategy game my question for you is who would you recommend this game to the most aside from like big pikmin fans right like who would you recommend it to the most and then also who would you recommend it to the least like if, is there anything that you would say is a deal breaker if you don't like this then don't touch pikmin so who i'd recommend it to is nintendo fans i think if you're a nintendo fan it has a lot of nintendo charm right it has the really beautiful and well thought out worlds it has the cute you know, like friendly characters that you know from nintendo right and it has the callbacks right like you're going to collect some items and you're going to go oh 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 like that's really cool i think nintendo fans are an easy win going and beyond that strategy fans cozy gamers i think this is a game for you right where i turn to is like my friends who are like yo we're playing warzone eight hours a day Maybe I don't recommend it to them. But, Sorry, Nick. <laughs> but I do know a number of my friends who like like these kind of games and are into slowing it down and thinking of strategy games like that, right? So I would say on one side, if you're really against strategy games, if you're not in the mood for that, I guess this wouldn't be for you. But if you're into a cozy game, that's going to make you think just a little bit about like your approach and do you have fun trying to come at things at different ways and like collecting things? If you're a collect-a-thon fan, you're going to like this as well. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Any final questions or final words on Pikmin 4? Uh, one more question. Yeah. Stylistically, art style and music, how would you describe those? Did, oh. those? did those grasp you? Yeah, music grasped me. I think the music is very good. I like all the cute sounds that all the Pikmin are going to do. I think it's a great blend of soft music in the background that won't lull you to sleep, but will also capture you and, like, really build the setting to it all. And then on the art style, I mean, man, oh, man. The animals and the worlds are all well thought out. You're in backyards. I, I, should, I guess I should have said that. The world very much seems like our world, right? Like there's a backyard. There's a garden. You go inside of a home, right? So like 
you're going to see things that you know, right? I'm on the couch all of a sudden. I'm riding on top of a drone right now to go up to a higher area, right? So, like, art style-wise, there's a lot of touches to human life that you're going to see, but there's also the weird and wacky characters that you're going to be like, wow, that's a really fun, dumb idea that you made into an enemy that I like attacking. So I really like the art style of it all. I'm predicting for the end, uh, Big O has been caught and he's put with a bunch of amiibos. Thank you. Shout out to Big O. And so I think that would be an interesting one of like, you know, Captain Olimar, he's not the guy. It's you. You get to create your own person. And I thought that was really fun. Very basic character creator, but like, Enough to have some fun. I made me with my red mustache. I thought that was funny as can be. You can change your character's look anytime throughout the game. You do rescue cool. someone that can change that. So, like, you're not tied to it. But I think that'll be something when we talk about approachability and welcoming new players. You're not Captain Olimar anymore. You're not the guy that everyone knows and loves. You're your own self. You get to be the rookie and be a part of the story. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank for that. you. That, I, I'm, I'm proud of you, Mike. That was a good review. Oh, this kid thanks, guys. Places. Yeah, it's, hey. It's if, rare that Mike gets to show up the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, good, good stuff, man. Jumping into a game, a genre that's not normally your thing, and mm -hmm. you did the damn thing. So very, very proud of you there. Um, thank you, everybody, for your support over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. Uh, because of your support, you don't get to hear this ad. But for everyone else, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated and Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. And you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors white peach green grape and lemon lime let me tell you the white peach is good it's real good we hear it kind of funny swear by this stuff one stick of liquid iv in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone real people real flavor real hydrating now sugar-free grab your liquid iv hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at costco or get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kind of funny at checkout that's 20 percent off anything you order when you use promo code kind of funny at liquidiv.com if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs if you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bless. Tim. Summer Game Fest, we got to play a whole bunch of games. Mm -hmm. And the one that I wouldn't shut the fuck up about was Viewfinder. All right? Andy, I think and you, got to play it at GDC. Andy, he, I didn't oh, see Andy, it. And he was like, yo, this game is incredible. You got to check it out. And I feel like the buzz has just been brewing. Things what's have been the going buzz? on. Tell me what's and happening? now it's out. What's the, yeah. Viewfound, what's Viewfinder that? is out. You can play it on PlayStation 5. I am about halfway through the game. Greg, you are? Uh, if Blessing, I would need your help because going off of trophies, uh, I've entered the fourth realm okay. of the world, which yeah. according to trophies would be the last one to get all the collectibles in. Mm -hmm. So I assume the fifth is like just an ending that you wow. go to. But I'll, I mean, I'll say four-fifths four of the game. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And you, 
as of today, yep. have beaten the game. Yes, I have. So we're going to get a little, uh, an extra review out of this one. What would you give you, Finder, on the Kind of Funny scale? So this is a tough one, right? Um, you know, I, I've been trying to go into Viewfinder relatively blind because Andy hyped it up after GDC. And I was like, okay, this sounds like my kind of thing, right? You talk about Pikmin not being Mike's kind of thing. This is, as soon as you say, first-person puzzle game with... Puzzle Poppy. Yeah, that's what they call me in the streets. The they call me Puzzle Poppy. Poppy. As soon as you tell me that there's weird perspective stuff going on, I'm like, all right, I'm in. This is my type of shit. Um, I, there was a demo that went up. I did not play the demo. I've tried not to see trailers, right? The most I've seen has been what's been brought up during Gamescast is Barrett's brought up B-roll and stuff. And so going into this, I have been super excited. I've been, you know, super into the idea. I, I, I was going into this with very, very high hopes. And at the end of the day, I think the game is good. For me, the game doesn't necessarily reach great status. And that, mm. for me, falls on a few things, right? I think the idea and the concepts in Viewfinder are so excellent. And the tools they give you are really cool. I think that stuff lives up to everything we've been talking about as far as the the reality bending stuff taking a picture and having pu putting up that picture in front of you and then pressing r2 and having reality be bent and shaped around what that image is that stuff feels cool every single time you do it oh, the yeah. ideas that this game puts forth in terms of you stand over here and you try to line up um three versions of an image like put the puzzle pieces together and now that image has taken over the real world i think that stuff lines up even some of what the stuff they do with different filters for the world or different moments where it is oh you're doing one thing and then or you're in one place you look at a thing and now you're in a different place that stuff i think comes through and hits for me the place the places where the game falls short a bit are one story you know the story never moved me i've not I've, throughout my time playing the game i was hoping that there would be that turn where i'm like oh okay this is what's happening or, oh this is the cool uh thing that the story is trying to convey through it didn't have that like twist that you get out, out of a portal it didn't really have the personal element that a game like maquette had where maquette was about like this um relationship in the separation right i didn't have that special element to the story that moved me there is a story here for me none of the elements of that um really hit and then things like you know aesthetic soundtrack um uh, like art style how the game looks i i think the game looks fine i i'm not in love with the visual elements of it like there's not a there are very few moments where visually i'm like oh damn they took this to the next level Again, when I talk about filters, there are moments, right? Like one of the things I liked um, that happened early on in the game is uh, you pick up an image and there's like there's a different art style to it. And you put it up and all of a sudden, boom, like that happened. Like that is placed into your world and you can walk into it. And that is really cool. And it changes the audio too. Yeah. Like and it's, it changes it's like the audio. It, it feels like a completely different experience. Like yeah. I love that stuff. My thing with that is I feel like it was that those moments are a bit too few and far between and not as well utilized as I think they could have done with the puzzle elements of the game. Like there are stuff like that that comes back up later on, but again, like there are there are a couple of, of puzzles that use it and then it feels it feels like that those ideas quickly go away. And I would take that and I'll apply it to pretty much any major idea or concept that they introduce like it does the good thing of pacing in a puzzle game where it is all right you did this level a few levels in. now let's give you a new tool to work with and they do that and they're like let's give you another really cool tool to, tool to work with and so by the time you're getting later into the game it's like wow these are a lot of cool different elements that you're giving me but i feel like none of them build up to oh man now we are going crazy with it it feels like they introduce it and go all right on to the next one on to the next one and i feel like they miss out on so much of the potential where they of where they could have taken the puzzles um and that's where i would have wanted a lot more but at the end of the day after beating the game it took me about four hours right it's a pretty quick playthrough um even if you're doing a lot of the side stuff which i did most of the side levels i want to go back and i want to complete the ones that i didn't do after beating it i still had a really good time with it right i'll still say that this is a good game right i'll put it on the good side of okay as opposed yeah. to the meh side of okay but it's not great enough to where i would say oh, this is a great puzzle game. This is a four out of five, mainly because I can name so many other puzzle games that are in a similar vein that I'll sure. recommend over it, right? Like, of course, Portal, but then even things like Manifold Garden or Super... I would put this almost more in the super liminal range, but even those have things that... Um, or Super Liminal has things that it does worse and better than this game. But yeah, this game I'll put in that range of, of puzzle game. I think it's, it's cool, but I would have wanted a lot more out of it. Yeah, I'm mega hyped for this one, and the more I play it, like I'm really loving my time with it. But I, I really agree with a lot of what you're you're saying here. I I feel like the uh, the story bits, like there's some early, early, early stuff that happens that I'm like, oh, yeah. we're, this is where we're starting this. Like, let's go. And almost immediately, I was like, okay, 
I don't like the story stuff that much. Like there's a the voice talks way too much and it just doesn't seem interesting. It seems a little bit like part of a different game almost. Like it kind of feels like more distracting to me than additive to the sure. the experience. And it's kind of a bummer because like I feel like the opening bits, I was like, oh wow, this could be really cool. Almost reminds me of Firewatch in a way where you're like constantly questioning like what's going on here. And I just feel like I already know. I'm already kind of like, all right, I see, what's you see where going. this is going. And in the I, story, I'm yeah. like, oh man, it's a little bit of a, a letdown there. Uh, I do really like the difference though between this and some of the other uh, puzzle games like you were talking about like Portal and things like that where I appreciate, I can see it being a criticism of it not building upon itself, but I appreciate the kind of one and done nature of the puzzle gimmicks where so far I feel like I'm not doing the same thing over and over and over, which I feel like with puzzle games at their best, they teach you something and then you do it a different way. And then you do it in addition to another thing and then flip it backwards, reverse it, like do all that. And it's like, you become a master of the skill set. Yeah. Whereas this kind of just feels like so far, every single puzzle is completely its own thing. And it does feel like it gradually uh, gets up there in terms of uh, complexity, but it's not adding on top of itself. It's more just, how complex the puzzle is. And I found that kind of, or I'm finding it kind of refreshing. Like, mm -hmm. I like that. Um, but I can totally understand it compared to some of the other things not really hitting that mark. So far where I'm at, I'm a little higher than a three. Um, but I, I think that a lot of that has to do with, like, the visuals and stuff. I have, I so far, have been really wowed by. Um, but what you're saying, it's letting me down a little bit where I'm like, oh, man. Because, like, what I love the most are those filter things of, like, mm -hmm. You bring it up and you go into this other world and it feels like you're in another world and you back out and you're back there. And it's like, how does this work? And I think the thing that I'm most wowed by by this game is it feels like magic. Like every time I see it and it works the way that I think it's going to, I'm just so damn impressed with it. So I'm still really high on it, but like I, I think that you're, you're very right um, with a lot of what you're saying of like, I wish it was a little more this. I wish it was a little more that, but having yeah. a great time so far. One, one thing I do want to shout out to you for this as a puzzle game, and this is especially coming off of a game like Tears of the Kingdom, is that it doesn't feel like there is a set solution for puzzles. And I think that's the be one of the best things, and probably the best thing that I would say this game does, is that there are so many puzzles where I felt like I either cheated or... I found my own way and because of because all the puzzles revolve around you just making your own geometry in the world they kind of have to build it in a way where all right no matter what like we got to make these ideas work and like when I whenever I would do a thing where it's like oh am I supposed to do this am I cheating it never felt like I was cheating myself out of a good experience and what's really cool about it too is I feel like the game incentivizes you to fuck it up yeah like in the same way that a couple months ago like when everyone was first playing Tears of the Kingdom it's just like how can it be possible that this game is not breaking like we're throwing all this stuff at it and like that solution worked somehow and didn't break the game i feel like this game like by design is you breaking the world so much but when you fuck it up you can just rewind yeah, and I yeah, feel like yeah. the, that the rewind feature is something that I think uh, the entire thing is built around so well that I never feel scared to try something. I always feel kind of like pushed to try it. And if it doesn't work, go back and really loving that so far. But Greg, you, uh, you're further than me. How are you feeling about it so far? It's interesting. So I talked about this on PS I Love You because we had an embargo. So I had my night well, afternoon into a night with it where I played up in, and it started uh, chapter four or whatever, world four. Um, and when I was talking to Janet about it, I was like, you know, it, it was embargoed for review. So I was like, whatever. I was like, you know, I'm way early, but I think I'd be a four because I had a great time with it and this, that, the other. What's been interesting is I was... I, I'm not cold on it. I think everything you guys just said is completely accurate. But it's that thing of I sat down the other night to do it, and it was I saw it, and I went to Diablo. And it was that idea of just like, I, I don't know how to put it. I'm not the puzzle gamer. I don't traditionally like a puzzle game, right? I've talked about it before uh, with the Jonathan Blow stuff, right? The Witness. Uh, they've just never worked for me. When Maquette dropped, I jumped in, and what I liked about it was the story, and it was pulling at me that way, and it's what I remember about that game. And so... For this one, what I find interesting about it, hearing you guys talk, watching the trailer, and then just what I've thought about from it the past few days, the one thing I've thought about that I can't get over is that I don't think the game does a good job, and I think that's because it hops around so much and gives you so much different stuff, of explaining its rules in a way, or at least how it would like you to solve stuff. Sure, there's a thing you can do whatever you want to, but watching that trailer where they were putting the stuff in sideways so that things would roll, batteries would fall off ledges and grab it, I was like, oh, I never did that. So for me, the game was always just, it has been, 
put it in front, go get the thing, do the thing, do the thing. And I felt like there was a point in like world two, I guess, where I was like, man, I'm just fucking crushing these things. And I'm not having the Eureka aha moment of a Zelda shrine where I go in and I get the thing, but I'm enjoying going through, I'm enjoying petting the cat. I'm enjoying the thing. Fine. But what I find interesting now reflecting back on it, not having played it in a few days is this one fucking puzzle where I, I was, I didn't know there was a hint system until this thing saw me struggling enough that it was like, you can use a hint system. And I did it. And I was like, Oh, well, I didn't even know you could do this with the thing. And it's a similar thing of, oh, well, if you put the thing here, it'll roll this way. It's like, well, I've never done that. And I'm into world four or three. I forget when I, I had the struggle. And like, I didn't know that. And that, that's frustrating that I got that far. And then I felt dopish. I wish I would have had more stumbles early on rather than feel like oh, I'm acing this test to get to this thing to have a weird stumble. And granted, this is my own life, right? Where it's like I had to stumble and then maybe did one other puzzle and then had to stop. So it's like the last taste in my mouth, really. But it's interesting, I think, that for me, the stumble is what stands out rather than the different environments and the jumping and the changing of music and all that stuff. I, I'm enjoying myself with it. And I think also, you know, I didn't play it when I had the chance. I think I sat down. I was kind of fried that day. And it's like, well, I didn't want to jump into a puzzle game. I'd rather just go beat the shit out of little stuff. And listen I mean, it to breaks your brain, man. Yeah. Like, you know, but it I, didn't. I didn't really. Like, again, outside of that one thing, I don't think I've been broken. But and I, there's I, been not, this, sorry, not even necessarily in puzzles. Just in the way that like the there's like there's vertical to it. Like there's like I think just the the way of you entering the world and stuff. I, at least I found you got to be in it. <laughs> like, it, sure. like, I feel like it takes something from you to interact <laughs> with the game. <laughs> takes years off your life every time you play. Yeah. And to your point, like I, to I totally feel what you're talking about in terms of, Oh, I could have turned this surface and rolled things. I would never have guessed that. And like, I don't, for me, I don't recall any puzzle where I had to do something like that. Yeah, and, and it's like, lot- I, okay, I, yeah, like that's cool and that's neat, but I wish you would have held my hand to show me that, so then I would have experimented with that. Because, again, I'm basically done with the game. I mean, there's more puzzles, obviously, but I've gotten to a point where it is just like very put the thing to a where I can jump to it to get out with the thing I need, right, or clip off this side of the wall to walk around the thing where it's like I don't get the – oh, man, it's like Tears of the Kingdom. I'm breaking the world as much as I'm like, rah, 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 and climbed over the thing and got the thing. And I'm like, that was what this was. All right, but on to the next thing. Yeah, and that's and that, I think that's where it falls short for me too is that it's just the fact that it feels like I'm going through the motions of a puzzle game. It doesn't feel like I'm being mm. blown away by a puzzle mm. game, right? Like I get through the levels. I'm like, okay, that was a pretty good level, right? And I go on to the next one. And the rules here and the tool set they give you is really dope to do that. But it is like the first time I... Uh, solved a puzzle, I'll, I'll, like a light puzzle solution early on in the in the in the game, right? The first time I solved a puzzle by um shooting a picture of like the panel that you need to get onto, and then placing the p- picture down, and then doing that, I was like, damn, what a cool thing! I did that like fifteen times more, right? And like it's 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 that thing where it felt so cool the first time, but then the the second, third, fourth, all the way through, I was like, okay, well, I've done this now. Like, what's the next thing that you're going to show me? Or how are you going to build on top of it to make to make it like feel cool you know like that the the feeling of it i think wore off way earlier than i would have expected mm. for this game especially for a game that's only about four hours long yeah ah bumps me out a little bit but it's still a really yeah. cool game hey, it's still a good seven. game yeah. swimming some sevens it'll be fun. swimming to sevens baby three out of five um so then moving on from viewfinder greg what do you what have you been playing is it just all diablo all day ah <sighs> No, I, well, I did the Oxen Free review, right? That was last week, and that was a big part of it. Um, I'm playing another redacted thing that I started the other night. So it's been, yeah, a hodgepodge of what I'm reviewing, and they've been smaller games or shorter games or jumping into something to be able to talk about it. But it was like Viewfinder was a case of, oh, it's not on any main content, and it'll be over before, you know, so I can just do the PS I Love You bit, and then if I get back to it. And so, yeah, then it's just been, well, season drops. Season one is coming up Thursday morning. The altars carry over, the map carries over, so it's been, I have been doing what Mike hates the most and having podcast games where mm-hmm. it's like, let's mute the music, let's kick on something on Spotify, <laughs> and then let's just look at this polygon photo of all the altars of Lilith and go <laughs> click, 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 and get them all and be done with it. Yeah. Occasionally get messed up with some beasts in there and do some stuff. Yeah, I'm similar to you in that uh, I'm in redacted season right now uh, yeah. with some of my stuff, but this is the first games cast I've been on that I can say I officially have saved Hyrule. I beat Tears of the Kingdom this weekend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, just what a wonderful experience. I can't wait to talk about this game for the rest of my life. Like it's so damn special to me. And did I did you cry? Oh yeah. I you know, cry is a weird thing where it's like um through the out like the the last couple hours of the game, I just feel like it was just such a beautiful rise and they just nailed the execution of it all where i feel like i was on the brink of tears the entire time like wow. i don't know that i ever fully cried from sure, it, sure 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 but sure. it was like 
it, it was a, it was emotional like it was yeah. really like special and it's like not anything like oh this happened so it was hype and it made me feel all that stuff happened too i just feel like the way that it was a culmination of this experience and like the context of this being the sequel to breath of the wild or what breath of the wild meant and how much we've talked about that game and like how mind-blowing it was and like here we are years later still talking about it as special but now this new one came out that almost makes the other one feel obsolete like how is that possible but like that's how i feel and playing through tears of the kingdom is like i want to play it forever like i have so much more like when it ended i think my percentage was like 45 or something like that and i'm like you're telling me there's 55 percent more things to do mm. yes yes uh it's just great man like i i feel like there's so much in it that was just so rewarding and i really feel like i lucked out in the way that i played through it of um not focusing on doing the main quests like at all like i i did one of the the temples and uh fairly early on and i was just like i'm just gonna go out and like strategically start a task like if something pulls me in i'm gonna do all of those things so getting the little tears and memories at some point i came across one and i'm like you know what i'm gonna do all of these before i move on and then it was like, all right, cool, the, the fairy shrines. I came across one of the quests to get that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do all those till I nice. uh, do the next thing. And any shrine I find along the way, get that thing done. And it allowed me to kind of just, like, meet the game where it was trying to find me and, like, really kind of get the most out of that stuff. So this weekend, it was just back to back to back to back to back main quest. And, God, I had the best time doing that. And it's funny because, like, some people will have the criticism of, like, there's certain cutscenes because the game is non-linear. Um, you can experience things in whatever order you do it. Because of that, they need to kind of like retread information a whole bunch. Yeah. God, they could have done it a hundred more times, guys. Like I was yeah. so in, man. Even doing it back to back to back to back. So yeah, my argument against that is that like there's something special in ritual. It's like when you go to a, when you're playing Pokemon and you're you're like beating gyms over and over again. It still feels special every single time, right? Because that ritual is what you're going for right that is the thing that you're collecting and so i'm right there with you with those uh with those moments that retread it's like no i felt it like every time I, every time i did one of those i it felt special to me yeah man it's just i i can't stop thinking about the game the music cues especially towards the end like i can't wait to get the soundtrack for this thing like i was so blown away and like i already knew i loved it i can't believe beating the game how much even more i feel that's i love it i've been uh, asked a lot and talking a lot about for as much as I love Final Fantasy 16, which is deeply and intensely, like, is there any chance it beats Tears of the Kingdom for my game of the year? Absolutely not. After uh -huh. beating Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I even knew that, like, going in. But, like, after the last bits, it's, like, not a chance. Having said that, goddamn, what a one and two for me. Like, I think that... Crash I, Team I was, Rumble uh, number three? Uh, <laughs> you know, God, haven't played enough. Crash Team Rumble it get, definitely gets the shout-out for, like, yo, this is pretty damn fun, uh, man. I've been biting my tongue. We'll talk about it. Too. I know. Yeah. We do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's impossible for Spider-Man 2 to get in these tiers, but I hope that I'm wrong there. Um, but How many I, hours are you? Um, in, in tiers? In, in tiers? Uh, shit. I, I won 20? Hell yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> about awesome. you? Oh, man. You're, I mean, you've surpassed me. I think I'm probably at like a 105 last yeah. time I checked. Yeah. I, th I, think, I think that's right. Um, but I, I was telling you this on Games Daily, but like, I can't believe that within a couple months I got both tiers and yeah. Final Fantasy 16, and specifically the last like four hours of each of those games are some of my favorite gaming experiences I've ever had. It just mm -hmm. I feel gluttonous <laughs> in like how much hype and like love I can have for video games, and they just have delivered like unlike anything I could have ever expected from them. So shout out to you, video games. Good cool thing. What do you What do you guys think it'll take for another? developer to put out a game that is like tears of the kingdom right like not just because i know the argument would be like what about elden ring and I, I i maybe put elden ring in the conversation but i think even more so a game that just like you said meets you at everywhere you're at where it is there is no moment where i really want to put this game down right like this game pretty much does everything like it is an 11 out of 10 video game i i've been trying to think of like who else can can do that right like what other franchise can do that I, it's it's so complicated because i agree it's an 11 out of 10 video game i have so many problems with it so many there are so many things about specific things i'm like i hate this like i this isn't fun to me it's cumbersome i don't like it this part's dragging a little bit like but that doesn't matter because of how much overwhelming good there is and i think that that's the magic 
I know I'm biased in a million different ways on this, but it's like I'm only biased because of what has been given to me over my life. Nintendo has a magic to it. And when they nail that magic, when that vibe is all working, there's something that's so special about it that like the good outweighs the bad. There's so much bad. We know there's so much bad. I think that's the thing that's hard to answer your question. Like what other developer, what would the game be? What is that? I think that there's just like this, so many factors at play that are very difficult to be able to have in the first place, but then put together in a meaningful way. Um, so I, I don't know, but I mean, I do think that Elden Ring is a perfect example yeah. of, a, of a game that does that building off of the magic that from software has built over the last decade, right? That's a rarity to be able to have the secret sauce of everything build up to this perfect pinnacle moment. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys have thoughts? I've got, a, I've got one. Kojima makes the spiritual successor to Metal Gear Solid Five, essentially. Of just hearing about the magic of like, granted, I haven't played it, but like just hearing about the stealth gameplay, but then also like the, you know, some of the things that weren't great about the last third of that game, and then uh, I think like his mind and what he's been able to do with Death Stranding and trying to see even more of like what he could push even further in a open world stealth kind of game, mm-hmm. I think would be like one of the only few things I could see that would be on that same level of just trying to think of fucking nailed it. Yeah. He's still right. (laughs) That's what, when I was uh, talking about um, earlier in the year, maybe last year about like, I mean, I'll, I'll pay this much for tears of the kingdom. It being like $1,100 or something like that. Right. I think somebody, people were asking like, what other game would you do that? And all that. And and the only thing I I could think of was if Kojima was able to make like a Metal Gear Solid six, that was connecting five to Metal Gear or Metal Gear one and two or Metal Gear solid. Right. Like, I think you're right on there. I think I think one of the big reasons for that is there's a lot of shared, I think, design elements of a Breath of the Wild and a Metal Gear Solid Five, specifically the parts of them that are very immersive sim, where it is, hey, we are the world is going to react to you how you how you um, behave in it, and also like, you know, there are so many different ways to approach any scenario where it is, all right, there's a desert storm, let's use this to our, adva- to our advantage, or oh man, you keep getting headshots on these enemies, cool, they're going to react to you and start wearing helmets the next mission, right, like. Things like that that make it feel like this world is alive and reactive. I think that is the thing that makes it powerful. And I think both Tears and um, Metal Gear Solid Five have that. And so I think that there's a part to that. It's jumping off of this that I think if if I would have if I would have interjected earlier would have said I I think Barrett's wrong, but I think Blessing brings it to where it's right because I think a part of what you're talking about with Zelda is the IP and it is the nostalgia and it is the knowledge base already. For Barrett, if Kojima was going to make the spiritual successor to Metal Gear, I, was just I think you're already losing it. so much already, right? Where it is the idea that anytime you start a new IP, there's a barrier to entry, there's a new thing. I don't like this character. I don't like it as much as Snake. Da 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 da. Whereas if obviously, and I know Barrett, I understand. Uh, but if you were able to jump to Metal Gear Solid Six, there'd be this whole thing of this is the let's go, and what are you going to do, and how are you going to build on it, blah blah. To bring Elden Ring into the conversation, I think because of how those games are. Elden Ring isn't the spiritual. It is the next one, right? It is the yeah. next FromSoft game. It is It is what you expect and what you want from that. I would go and reach back in terms of this, and it's not exactly the same, but it's similar, right? God of War, where it was the 2018's coming out party, and that was such a different thing. Because, again, that's what we're talking about with Zelda. You're talking about a beloved franchise that you know is a big deal to a lot of people but it wasn't to everybody for a long time and then what breath of the wild was right where it was an open world zelda what are you talking about how's that going to be blah blah and you got it, you're like holy shit and then to take that and turn it on its head again with it well now you're creating you're doing this thing and it's the same world but it's up it's mid it's down there's all these things to do in it like they made something so creative but then again are pulling from a nostalgia base and fandom right that Breath of the Wild was so many people coming back to Zelda, maybe that they hadn't since SNES, right, or N64, and then to bring even more here. Like, there's so many different things at play that aren't just, it's an 11 out of 10 video game. It is. I'm not saying it's not. I love it. It's the idea that it's an 11 out of 10 nostalgia dump. It's an 11 out of 10 Zelda game. It's 11 out of 10 Nintendo first party. It's 11 out of, I mean, like, mm-hmm. there are so many things that add up to all the different resources and needs you need to get in there to make that happen and make that kind of special sauce and i think that's so so hard and you can't even say it once in a lifetime because we have other examples but it's like and this one got a sequel yeah exactly <laughs> right? right like it's incredible <laughs> yeah i mean i do think that that is something that is that we'll be talking about for a very long time is the idea of breath of the wild two tears of the kingdom to 
amazing video games that like might not be everyone's cup of tea no video game is everybody's but like how many lists are topped like best games of all time lists are topped by breath of the wild and at this point you can't say it's a recency bias at this point it's like no it's been five years and like it's still the top of most lists people put out there and i think that that's about to change because of tears of the kingdom yeah. what does that mean for breath of the wild i don't think we've ever seen something like this since maybe like mario 3 and mario world you know, like Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII, this like idea of like, mm. there is a debate, there is the conversation of like, if you're making a best of list, how many Mario games are you really going to put on there? Mm. I know they all belong there, but like, are you really going to share like, whatever? It's like, I do think at this point, Breath of the Wild's not going to make it. Tears of the Kingdom's going to make the cut in the place of Breath of the Wild, right? For most people, most lists, most curations of, of like that type of thing. So you compare that to God of War, where it's like, I, I know, again, it's opinions. Everybody has one. I prefer Ragnarok to God of War 1. I prefer Last of Us 2 to Last of Us 1. Both of those evolved the, the, the franchise there through amazing sequels. I don't think it's at all comparable, though, to Tears of the Kingdom of Breath oh, for of the sure. Wild. For like, sure. Why is that? You know, I feel like that's the, the big conversation that I would love to hear people's perspectives on over the next couple of years mm -hmm. of, like, despite all the games I named, in my opinion, being five out of fives, like, why does Tears feel different than them to me? Yeah. I think there's a, I mean, there's a few things I would like to jump off of. Uh, one of those things would be the, I think the institutional knowledge of that specific team is there, right? Where that team has been working on Zelda for a very long time. And there have been, I mean, there have been plenty of tweets and threads and stuff. But one of the ones that I remember from about a month or so ago was that um, the video of somebody showing the shrine where you have to attach a, a bridge to a, um, like a vehicle with wheels. And then the vehicle pulls the bridge across a gap of lava and the bridge just reacts accordingly, right? Like it is <clears throat> all of the geometry, all of, all of the physics happening in that clip is insane. And people are, and developers are quote tweeting it like, how the fuck did y'all make this happen so seamlessly, right? Like this is crazy. This shouldn't be able to happen. And it is the fact that those people have been working on that franchise for decades and they have that experience. And when you take that amount of institutional knowledge and build it off of what you had with Breath of the Wild, which was a game that was opening up Zelda to being this free, um, immersive sim like, here's a, here's a handful of tools, now do whatever to interact with the world. Building off of that and having five years to do it and having the last year of polish, right? Talking about how um, there was the interview with, I forget if it was Al Numa or, or, um, or somebody else who was talking about how, yeah, this game has been done for a year. We've just been spending the last year just polishing. I think that is a big part of why this game feels like magic right it is hey we have everything that we know about how to make this kind of game now let's add building and let's add these things and give people a, now an evolved tool set from what you had in breath of the wild and build everything around that and yeah whenever i play breath whenever i play tears of the kingdom i'm still blown away by the fact that ascend works the way the way it works they have built a whole game where ascend doesn't break the game at least substantially right at least like you know there's <laughs> the temples are built around it in a way where you're still getting the full temple experience the game is built around um like ultra hand in a way where you're still like you're not destroying the game by using ultra hand and like those are like that i i can't imagine how much like work goes into creating something like that but they did it because the the talent is there and i don't know if there's at, like i yeah i don't know if there's any other studio or at least that many other studios that have that level of knowledge over the years and that level of expertise and experience over the years to do something like that i think that is like the big secret sauce that um, that they have there greg i know you have a lot going on and zelda is a very very big game i've heard you say that, that you're looking at this as a forever game yeah. of going back the amount that we've been talking about it me gushing about like the story bits and towards the end and stuff do you have motivation to get through the like hit the credits on this one or are you still like you know what i'm just gonna take this at my own pace i have motivation for it but i know you said it or, or one of you guys said it earlier blessing or you of right but it, it's a game that meets you where you want to be you know brian came through altana from ign we did eight let's plays uh as a reunion a reunion thing we played zelda and that was cool i'm just going to towers and unlocking towers that's pretty much what we end up doing right and so like i'm taking it to com i'm taking my switch to comic-con right and i have nice flights and some nice airport time and i'm planning on jumping back into where brian and i left off after a four-hour session there right but my plan is i'm very much like you where it's like i want to go do all this other stuff so i have a feeling i'm going to do all that other stuff for a long time and then eventually be like all right let's go see the quest through let's go do that that's yeah. my plan for it yeah awesome i love that mike i know you 
played a bit here yeah, and there. I'm like, going to go back and complete my final two dungeons and see it through. I would like to see uh, Big Daddy Ganon and like what that fight is. Like I think the opening sequence of the hand holding him down and like kind of that tease of what's going to happen really excited me. Uh, I do want to see the end of it. But I have been playing some dope games. Yeah. I hope you all have been talking a lot about Dave the Diver on this show. Of course, if you haven't, I will continue to beat the drum for Dave the Diver, which is an incredible video game. I have it loaded up on my Steam Deck, and I I was thinking about Comic-Con. I'm like, no, I got to play some Zelda. It is truly a must-play game. I mean, this is a fun mismatch of genres that does so well to sing. The characters is dope. The art design is dope. It is a really great game. I've talked about it on the X-Cast a lot. Want to make sure this audience here knows about Dave the Diver and goes out and plays it. Uh, it's on Steam. I play a lot of it on Steam. So Why I just talking about the next cast. Well, because we got to share the dope games in the world. Fine. You know, that's I mean? one and of that's. I mean, honestly, that's the like the tipping point for me. Uh-huh. Is can I get it onto a yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a real console instead of this fucking uh-huh. goddamn garbage PC thing I have to use all. And time. then another one um, that I've been playing is something really cool happened. Some behind the scenes stuff has happened to a number of servers on old Call of Duty games mm-hmm. and. Shadow Run on the Xbox 360. And thanks to backwards compatibility, you can boot up any of those games on your Xbox and jump in. And there is a lively matchmaking that is going on right now where last night, me and my buddies played Modern Warfare 2, and it was a gosh darn blast. What's we the story were able to find why, games. Why did this happen? I, I don't know. They said that Activision did. Then I saw something today where it was like, oh, no, Xbox did it. So who knows? I think they probably aren't anticipating, hey, if we kick these on, Backwards compatibility after this acquisition might really fa- the fire dream this all is happening. Up, right? This is what like, I wanted to happen. This is happening. And so we jumped in last night and played Modern Warfare 2, found matches like that. We're laughing, having a ton of fun, seeing the old maps. And you go, oh, my God, this is what it was like. Seeing the guns, the call signs, right? Like, that was really, really dope. And then on top of that, Shadowrun, a game that me and my friends, you can still play custom games, but it wasn't really matchmaking like that. All of a sudden, you can just play Shadowrun, and there are people playing Shadowrun the game, and that was so much fun. Like, who's ever working on that in the back end? I see you, Wait, and so like, it, we're excited is for it this. Every Call of Duty server, or is it just Modern Warfare Two? Uh, a lot of people bringing up Black Ops before. Okay, as well. good. Like, it's a number of classic titles. That's all like. I care about. So yeah, you can jump back in and have a good time. That's so. And cool. It is totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, holler at me for some Black Ops. Okay, Black Ops. Deal, I really deal. want to play. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in the comments below if you're going to finish Tears of the Kingdom and what Activision game server you want to jump into with the backwards compatibility on Xbox. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for your, yeah. your pick and review. Thank you Thanks for Thanks, everybody, us for having me. Yeah. On Gamescast. Um, and thank you for killing it on the Kind of Funny Xcast. Remember, Mike hosts Xcast every single week. You'd subscribe to that on podcast services or find it on this very YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, until next time, I love you all. <laughs> Goodbye. You okay there, boss? Spill some water on yourself?